0: back guys to another exciting episode of Be Different Podcast. I'm your host Nekesa Esther and I'm so excited and glad to be alive guys. Basically just glad. This week we, you know, mourned Matthew Perry. Brother, let's celebrate his life. But gosh, guys, I was so affected. Friends is like a staple. Staple. Like it literally... I hope my boss doesn't watch this, but it runs opportunity when I'm working. I'm just watching friends and laughing and setting mood and doing what. So, yeah, I was among the ones who were so affected. Rest easy, Matthew Perry, and you touched so many lives. I know you have no idea how much we knew you here. Nairobi, Kenya, Africa, but, you know, yeah, we celebrate you. We celebrate your life and the lives that you touched. And, uh, guys, we ha- are introducing the new month. The king and queen are in Kenya. I don't know how that information affects you, but I hope you're hosting them in your old Kenyan way. And it should be an exciting thing. Mm. Yeah. So we have a guest who is going to introduce herself. And uh, this uh, episode is going to be about her mm. and her life. So Kenya will tell us what she has done differently in her life. Welcome, Kenya. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. I appreciate being here. Yeah. So tell us more about yourself. Introduce yourself like fully. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm All right. Hi, everyone. My name is Kenya. Kenya Gitonga. I am a psychologist, a final year student at the University of Nairobi. Mm -hmm. I am also an active mental health advocate. And above all, I am an author to materials that create awareness on mental well-being. Yeah.
0: Well, you guys, Kenya has authored two books, Thrive Mm. and The House of Anger. So Mm. she's going to tell us how she arrived here. And Mm. I mean, Kenya's in fourth year. Fourth year, right? Yes. Fourth year, guys. Fourth year. And she has already authored two books. So if you're out there and you're Mm. thinking of writing books, what are you waiting for? Okay, just write some. Start. I think that's the... The start of this episode is just start writing that book that you've been thinking of writing on. Yeah. As Kenya is about to tell us how she ended up here. Alright. Yes, so Kenya, please take us through how you... Do you want to start with how you became an author mm. or how you are a mental health advocate?
1: How I learned to psychology, mm. oh my God, it's a beautiful story i wouldn't say that i knew i wanted to be a psychologist back then Mm -hmm. in childhood because we know careers mutate from high school to from primary to high school to college you've changed your career 100 times but i knew i wanted something in the medical field and so when i was trying to join in um campus that's how i found myself in psychology but yes given a chance i will still choose psychology i mean it's everything that i wanted yet i didn't know i wanted but it has been of benefit to me and also to them that I relate with. Because each and every day, I learn something new. And other than that, actually also assisting others, which has been very, really important. Mm-hmm. And um, it has been a good journey. Other than psychology, I have taken several short courses. Because mm. people might wonder, how are you in fourth year and you're writing, what are you writing about? So in my second year, I did a short course, which is HIV testing and counseling. Mm-hmm. In my third year, I did another short course, which was um, National Youth Guidance and Counseling, still at the University of Nairobi. Mm -hmm. And right now, as I'm winding up my degree, I'm finishing up with another short course, Mm -hmm. which is Trainer of Trainers. All these short courses have really given me skills and actually around me to practice even before graduating. And that's how I found myself as a mental health advocate. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Wow. I, I'll ask questions about the short courses uh-huh. later, but then now how did you end up offering two books, where, where do you get the time to, you know, study, mm-hmm. still do your life and write mm-hmm. books, number one. Uh-huh. Number two, are you, you know, do you do you have confidence in your writing skills, you know, yeah. some people say I can't write even mm-hmm. if I want to maybe someone else can help me to write so when did you discover this when Mm -hmm. did you learn that you have this strength this Uh skill and when did you decide you know what I'm writing a book
1: you're right Mm. I used to love writing even back in high school the competitions that you used to have where people read compositions Mm -hmm. Mm inches and that's why I I realized that I love writing Mm -hmm. but then I didn't know that I'll come to write books so when I joined first year i still um wanted to do something because when we joined corona came we went back at home so mm. we were studying online now i was wondering what do i do with my time that i will start blogging but still writing on mental health because um i'm a curious person okay and then back at home there's no one who had done psychology so i was really okay. curious what is this psychology? how can it assist me so that i will learn that i can blog. So I created my own blog where I used to write my articles and all that. Mm-hmm. And in our uh, second year we had an innovation week which was hosted here at Oven mm-hmm. So I managed to be part of the media team and we used to write articles on what is happening and all that. Mm. And I also got assistance from one of my lecturers, his name is Dr. Wango, mm. he also has a counseling magazine. Okay. So I used to join them and see how they write, how to perfect my skills and all that. So after that, that's when I realized that my blog has been growing day by day and I have a lot of articles in there. So I questioned myself, if I can write millions of um, articles in it, Why can not I compile them to be something that can really assist? But then I didn't know where do I start or where do I go about it? And so when I, pra- I started practicing, I learned that a lot of my clients, they really have certain issues, so I started classifying them as case studies. And then I realized that, oh, this is a problem. It needs to be addressed. But every time we have more of trainings, verbal conversations, and they come for follow-ups, they are forgetting. They cannot remember what we talked about. Mm-hmm. So then I realized that, yes, this is a problem, mm-hmm. but then I need to address it, not only in the verbal way, but also writing. Mm-hmm. So that is how I arrived at writing. Mm-hmm. But of course, I also had self-sabotage. I also lacked confidence because now I was wondering, in second year, what do I write about? who will buy materials for my second year. And then after some time, I naturally am my own cheerleader. Even before people cheer me up, mm-hmm. up on your mom, I'm always like, you can do this, yeah. you can manage that. Yeah, yeah. so, and I wrote my very first draft. I went to, with it to Dr. Wango, we went through it, and the assistant me, this is how we do it, this is how we write, this is how you read from a reader's perspective. And so from then I've been moving on day by day, writing each and every day. I write daily because this is something that I'm so passionate about. But that means that I also have to read a lot. Mm-hmm. Not only the theory bit, but mm-hmm. also the practical aspect. But you engage with clients, you get to know because this mm-hmm. is a practical thing. You just can't write the theoretical aspect alone. Mm-hmm. But it has been an amazing journey. I have really enjoyed learning each and every day. Mm -hmm. Challenges are there, but then you have to keep on pushing.
0: Okay. How long does it take you to write? Like, which book did you write first? The House of Anger came first. Okay. How long did it take you to write The House of Anger?
1: Writing the draft was really easy. Mm. It took me around three months to actually have everything around it, Mm. bearing in mind that now I have to also do the research. Mm -hmm. So, three months was it. But then the big thing, because it was my first book, I didn't know where do I get an editor from. Other than Daktari, having gone through it, you know, need expert editors. I also didn't know where to get a publishing house from. So that took a toll on me. So it took me about a year. But then in my third year, the House of Hunger was ready. You were? The House of Hunger was ready. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the major.
0: Yeah, like, so how did you go about it? Mm -hmm. Did you get, uh, you know did you get a professional editor did you get that house publishing house Mm -hmm. yes I walked in town the whole day Mm -hmm. knocking from one
1: uh, publishing house to the next and the major thing about Nairobi is they are editors Mm -hmm. they are publishing houses Mm -hmm. but then when you're writing the nonfiction aspect especially on mental health you need a professional editor in the same Mm -hmm. same field Mm -hmm. who can check your referencing Mm -hmm. because there are guidelines on referencing and all that Mm -hmm. so that what was a little bit tricky but at the end of the day, I got it. But yes, getting my first books, they came with errors. They mm-hmm. came with errors, mm-hmm. including the cover. Mm-hmm. It had errors. Yeah. And I think that pushed me a little bit down. Mm. But I'm one kind of a person whom I don't give up. Mm-hmm. I find a challenge. I'll keep on working on it until I enjoy that. Yes, I've gotten a breakthrough. So the very first 20 books had some errors. But then after that, I had them worked on, edited. And the fact that it was self publishing you have to keep on being welcome to feedback. So that means you have to keep on having one edition to the next edition. But all the same it is always planning. Yeah. It is always planning. So
0: did you get the professional editor? Yes I
1: did. Mm-hmm. I got one. Mm. And his name was Maina. Mm. I really wish that my name could hear this, but mm. you really did a good job. Mm. I cannot congratulate him enough mm. because he really assisted me you know, in all the editing and also having the books printed, yeah. All right. Mm-hmm.
0: So tell me, according to you, yes, the House of Anger, mm-hmm. has it cover everything about anger? About what mm-hmm. uh, we go through? Now that you've said you've mixed from a point of research yes. and the practical bit,
1: mm-hmm. yeah. Yes, it, mm-hmm. it does. And the beauty about it is, I normally, I normally do not write on a specific audience because in mental health issues, the age, the young, professionals people in the corporate field students and all that they get affected I know in writing we need to have at the back of your mind, mind you need to have a specific audience but then for me I ensure that my ratings are tailored to general audience if I give this book to someone in primary school I'm so sure that they will benefit and they will understand so it is always holistic whereby we get to have an issue we learn what causes it how would we actually address it even without the help of a professional this means that these are practical strategies that you can exercise i also make it engaging because in it you will find some sort of tables Mm -hmm. where you you write your output Mm -hmm. what is working Mm -hmm. what is not working Mm -hmm. and i also ensure that it has lived experiences whereby people can actually share the experiences so that you can learn from them because maybe you we i have an issue I don't know how to address it, mm. but I can learn from someone else's story how they did it. So ensure that my writings are holistic all around. Mm. And I also would really love to emphasize that I look at an issue, yes, but it would not <coughs> only affect the aftermath of anger. We also look at what caused it. Because we can deal with you being angry and all that. But then uh, at the end of the day, have we addressed why you got angry?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's uh. really nice. Thank you. Yeah, okay so this one the draft took three months and then, mm-hmm. then through th- this is your second book
1: yes the house of Hunger is my second so
0: book. what did you learn here mm-hmm. that you moved on with here and mm-hmm. that made you you know have an easier time mm-hmm. or better time than yeah here.
1: the very first thing that i learned mm-hmm. was um writing from a reader's perspective okay because at times I am writing but I'm only communicating to myself. Mm. What about someone who is reading who has no idea on mm-hmm. what I'm writing on? Mm-hmm. And the second thing, publishing Thrive was way much easier and it was for anger because I had known this is who my loop in, this is who my go towards. Mm. This is how I get feedback actually mm-hmm. even before publishing mm. the actual book. Yeah. So it was more easy for mm. me to publish Thrive mm. than it was for the House of Fanga. Yeah. and the fact that my confidence was already boosted. Mm. I didn't have self-sabotage. Mm. I was really confident mm-hmm. and I also knew the main issue that I was addressing. So Thrive came way much easier than The House of Anger.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so can you tell me maybe from your own experience, have uh-huh. this, uh, have you included anything mm-hmm. about your own experiences in the books?
1: Yes, especially The House of Anger. Okay. Yeah, I have had a lot of people, I am a Meru, so a lot of people mm-hmm. say that Meru gets angry easily. <laughs> Not everyone. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Not everyone, but personally, yes, I have anger issues. But I also saw a lot of, in my mental that advocacy, i more focused on teenagers and youths. Mm. So a lot of people that I saw so back at Kenyatta, I used to practice there at youth center. There are a lot of teens from high school. So most of them, they were really expelled from school or suspended because of anything that ticked off and erupted. Mm. So I know right now someone is thinking that, oh, this kid are un- anger issues, mm. but then remember, This is something maybe they learned from family, this is something that they saw what their parents were doing. Maybe this is something that they inherited. But this means that this book is not only for these teens, it's also for their teachers. It is also for parents who are entering them. So, um, yes, with my own personal experiences, they are a lot. But also I include the experiences of other people. Mm. Because what I have experienced may not work for someone else but you know when you mix up the stories it gets to be more and more easy and practical
0: you know? yeah mm-hmm. so what do you do I, I like the fact that you're saying you've mm-hmm. practiced mm, how do you call it
1: <laughs> counseling is
0: it like psych- oh, i'm looking for the word you practice counseling yes. or you've practiced
1: counseling or practice psychology
0: yes that's uh-huh. what I, I do want to say <laughs> <laughs> so you've been practicing counseling for how long now
1: I've been practicing for two years. When this year ends, now it gears into the third year. Mm. Although it differs, it's relative to the films that I've been because I started with HIV testing and counseling. Mm. Remember that these clients also have to be counseled before testing and after testing, and also the caregivers and all that they also have to undergo counseling. Mm. And then from then, when I did my national youth cadence and counseling, that's when now I also practiced in the realm of young people. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. All right, mm-hmm. so that question is geared to take me to the question of you as a young person uh-huh. and, and counseling. Mm-hmm. Imagine counseling a HIV you know mm-hmm. patient. Uh-huh. How do you go about separating yourself from the mm-hmm. you know, from the things that you hear, from the things that you deal with? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That' really that in
0: you're young. That's yeah. where I'm coming from. I don't know whether you deal with people older than you or there's an age limit uh-huh. to the people that you deal with
1: yes i do i also counsel <coughs> other people but in kenya i feel like a lot of us really look down on young people and they focus more on age than skills because believe you me there might be someone else i'm not saying there is someone but i believe there's someone <laughs> else older than i am you In Enter a
0: room and course. you're like, What <laughs> you, you're there? <laughs> I'm done, I'm gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, good <laughs> skills. <laughs> whereas
1: there's someone else who is young and they are belittled, which is not okay because skills don't come with age, it depends on how someone can really execute their skills. Mm-hmm. And so, I used to face intimidation back then. Especially when someone older comes and they are like, no, 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 I want them to see someone who is older than you are. Of course, professional, I want to get someone who is older than I am because if a client is not comfortable, a client is always right. You have to really ensure that they are comfortable. But now that's where professionalism comes in, especially with clients, because if now you're really talking about HIV and all that, most of, um, a lot of people might have bias, but then you have to leave your beliefs, you have to leave your values, and now listen and actually make decisions in place of these clients more of we call it whereby you give them and unrequ- unconditional positive regard and you actually have to look at things from there positive. on it yes mm. you don't have to impose your <coughs> beliefs you won't have to impose your attitudes on them you really have to attend to them as they are so professionalism really is required and also you have to just be you f- be genuine you don't have to really you know, fake things, especially when they, they have reacted, you're like, oh, my God, she's so beautiful. Why didn't she react? Mm. You know, you really have to address things as they are. Mm.
0: Yeah. All right. And mm-hmm. what, what, what is your take out when you are um, counseling most young people, mm-hmm. teenagers rather the youth? This one I'm asking because of parents, because I know yeah. parents can do anything to, uh-huh. <laughs> to know, to find out uh-huh. what's going on with their teenage children.
1: Um just like a rough yeah a mm -hmm. range of issues yeah we've also seen statistics actually (laughs) put it correctly in kenya that we're having a rise on hiv Mm. and also teenage pregnancies so we really have a lot of work to work on especially when it comes to young people Mm. we've been doing a lot of sensitization when it comes to verbal and all that it makes me wonder what are we doing wrong in that we are really addressing things we are holding on conversations and all that yet the cases are rising. But most importantly, on really emphasis on communication, not only from the parents' perspective, but also from young people. They really have to learn to express yourself, hear out your views, especially in campus. You're facing an issue, you don't want to talk about it, and that's why it leads you to maybe having someone sponsor your life in exchange for sex. Mm. And that's how a lot of us, as ladies, we get to expose ourselves. So communication is really
0: assertive communication Mm. yes I have two questions that are battling in my mind so Mm -hmm. the first one is Mm -hmm. you know you it's it almost sounds like you're painting for us a picture that even if you finish school you will just start practicing like you won't, <laughs> <laughs> you won't be jobless you won't be jobless you won't stomach. you have some experience that you can say already i have mm-hmm. this number of years. you know the way jobs advertisements have those number of years yeah. experiences mm-hmm. do you guys apply for jobs one yes two do you need you know those years of experience is that a challenge in your industry
1: um yes each and every industry has its own challenges but psychology also needs needs one to have some level of experience, mm. which I've heard a lot of my peers complain about. Mm. But I'll say you don't have to do so much to actually attain this um, limit. You need have to do volunteering because mm. also in volunteering you're gaining skills. But most of them don't don't want to volunteer. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but mm. I feel like also when you encompass you have a lot of free time, probably for your long holidays. What are you doing with them? Mm-hmm. Are you investing your time in something that will actually amount to a way much bigger thing later when you graduate? Because now when you just sit around, the experience would bring itself on you see you have to put yourself out there, that's where the difference comes, and you have to be different, and leave the comfort of your house, Wi-Fi, and all that, and get yourself in the industry. Mm. There's no, no one will call you and know you, you are student. As a student, a psychology student, you need someone to volunteer. But when you take yourself out there, you actually offer your interest, people will always give you a space. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The second question that I was grappling with
1: uh-huh.
0: is, mm-hmm. have you ever made bad decisions in your life mm-hmm. as Kenya? Away from the professional, so have you uh, ever made bad decisions in your life? Yes, skin?
1: I have. Mm-hmm. I was actually times back I used to really fear um, making mistakes, mm. or also trying things and failing. But right now I've learned to be easy on myself. I've made bad decisions, but I've learned also not to be so hard on myself because life itself is already hard. So when I stumble, I've learned to spring back and pick up from where I left it. But mm-hmm. you also need to communicate because at times you might act like you're okay this and that happened, but deep down you're not okay. So that's where communication comes in. You need yeah. to communicate so that someone can tell you this is a, This is where you did wrong. This is how you can do it different.
0: Do you have yeah. a counselor? Do you have like someone yes. you go to? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes.
1: Especially now when you're in counseling, the counseling field of it, you really need counselling in as much as you're counselling others. Because I remember the first time I went for my counselling session, I was like, I'm always on that end, but today I'm on the receiving end. It felt a little bit funny, but over time it's something I've learned to really make use of. You really need it. So,
0: how long did you, like, you started going for counselling after how long since you started Uh practising? Pardon Uh my my probing, but I am curious. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. When I started practising for a year, and the funny thing is that i used to carry my clients issues back at home i'm like Mm -hmm. oh god i've been having sessions with this client and i cannot see change what is wrong with me what is not working but i underwent some sort of uh, training other than my short courses i do attend a lot of mental health conversations Mm and talks Mm -hmm. so i attended it was called psychological first aid that is where i learned that you cannot save everyone we call it the severe syndrome, and also differentiating my own life and my client's issues. Mm. Yeah, but if it's, I'm just done with work, that is work, and now go back to my f- personal self. So that's when I really went for my first session. But also before practicing, you need to do 10 sessions to really certify mm. you that
0: you're good to go. So you so do 10 sessions of canse- of you attending yes. counseling Yes. before you go back and practice all right especially after
1: graduating you uh, actually have to do them so that you can get those that are getting affiliated with the
0: counseling board and all that so that they can certify you you have to do them Mm. yeah and how has it been like Mm -hmm. for your own personal life even Mm -hmm. just going through campus yes have you been uh consistent Mm -hmm. number one Mm -hmm. in going for this uh in check like you receiving counseling have you been consistent or Mm -hmm. you've just been on this other end
1: I've been consistent, mm-hmm. especially on what we call superficial counseling, mm. whereby you're practicing, but you need someone to really ascertain that you're doing the right thing. Because trends keep on changing, even okay. in the medical field. Mm-hmm. Maybe what you've been doing after some time it's getting outdated. So you need someone to tell you, like, hey, you need to do this and that. So other than counselling, I also do supervision counselling. Mm-hmm. It also you do. helps you. Oh, you
0: have to go through. Yes, okay. I have to go through. It
1: mm-hmm. helps you polish your skills. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to counselling, because I am human, remember, and you mm. also have experiences that I need assistance with, so I would say that it has been consistent for me. But previously, it wasn't. I actually didn't know I need it, but it is very essential. So even when you're not a counsellor, when you're not in this field, you need counselling yeah. when it is necessary. Because mm. remember, there's someone who might have an issue. You feel like, I will break down if it do was me. But for them, they're just okay. So it is relative.
0: Mm. Yeah. All right. So uh, back on the question of uh, when you've made a bad decision as mm-hmm. Kenya. Mm-hmm. Kenya, do you, you know, do you separate yourself between you know Kenya, the, the girl, mm-hmm. and Kenya, the counsellor? like if yeah you separate yourself
1: I have to Mm. because um I also have friends Mm. and they're like now you have to leave your counseling thing and now join us Mm. but of course it's these friends that I go back to and Mm. tell them that I'm experiencing this and that Mm. previously they were like you're the one who is always hearing us out then how do we listen to you Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how do I advise you but then over time they just get to understand. Did you learn to strike mm-hmm. that balance? Because I know it's, it, it's, it's not difficult. easy. Mm-hmm. It's difficult, but over time I really have. Because we need social support. Social support might be terms of family, it might be friends. People who just, you vibe with, they understand you without judgment mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. And when you're having difficulties that you badly in someone to speak to, they're there to hear you out. Mm. It doesn't mean that they always have solutions to everything. But remember this is what we call talk therapy by you having an issue just talk ab- through it, it helps you ease the emotions because remember when we have things that we really shove under the carpet, they tend to affect you unconsciously. Mm. Yeah so talking is important
0: yeah yeah So you do talk.
1: I am one of a person who talks okay. or I write
0: mm. yeah yeah because you seem like a very quiet person tell me the challenges mm-hmm. apart from the challenges you faced of you know age discrimination because mm-hmm. trust me kenya even me i just be like ah, this mm-hmm. girl still needs to leave before i can tell her my problems yeah. <laughs> apart from the age discrimination uh-huh. have you had a challenge selling books because mm-hmm. i mean we have so many authors, and then remember mm-hmm. this is self-help yes I love reading. I uh-huh. read books every month. Mm-hmm. I know I didn't mm-hmm. meet you yesterday. We've mm-hmm. met, like Kitambo I, 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 I was told you've written books and yeah. I should meet you and all. Mm-hmm. So what are the challenges you have faced selling your books or convincing anyone that you're an author and mm-hmm. this book is worth, you sell the books, right? Yes, I do. And this book is worth buying. Yes.
1: That's with Kenyans, <laughs> reading culture. <laughs> Zero. Reading <laughs> <laughs> it's not there. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a client and uh, they're really into buying the book, but they have excuses in their fingertips. Mm-hmm. I don't love reading. My studio is busy.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: would, I've would bought it for a friend, but I don't know if they would like mm-hmm. it. I would, I've bought it for my daughter, but I don't know if this really fits her. Mm-hmm. So... You know, persuading someone to really buy, you know, selling is more of marketing your idea. Sure. Someone has to feel like, when I buy this book, I'm getting value for my money. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But then Kenyans and reading, it's something else. So I would say basically it's just that. Mm. But then, um, marketing... It has been something. I actually felt like I, I need a whole class on mm-hmm. marketing. Mm-hmm. But then with the time I've learned to get into spaces where people are more open into reading. Mm-hmm. I've joined several book clubs mm-hmm. and so when I also do trainings, talks and such conversations in schools, in organizations, churches, I carry them with me. Mm. So I think that has really assisted me in pushing, pushing the sales. Mm. But for someone who is really not into a lot of conversations and all that, it might
0: be a little bit difficult. To or to sell, to yes, push to the sell. book to sell.
1: Yeah. Mm. But then you also have to learn to communicate. Mm. Because you might have someone who really wants to buy, but they really want to feel convinced that they're getting value for their money. Mm. And that also means that whatever you write in the content, mm-hmm. it is really beneficial. Because when someone reads it and they feel like, I have benefited they are likely to refer someone to you mm. or maybe post the books for other people to get in touch yeah, yeah.
0: i know of, maybe just to help you i know mm-hmm. of writers clubs yes that they get in clubs they are sort of guided and mm-hmm. then publishers mm-hmm. there's a pub there are publishers who run mm-hmm. writers clubs So among the people, you know, when you get in membership, Mm -hmm. you are an author, you are an author, you are an author, then Mm -hmm. you write a book and then they hold that, they even do launch, they hold launch events for your book. Mm -hmm. So as a publishing house, you know, they stand a chance of attracting Attracting more people and bringing other writers to read your book, to support Mm -hmm. you, to give you feedback. Because Mm -hmm. I feel like if someone this is a marketing tip yeah. if someone you know uh one of the authors that's known yeah. uh say, silas comes to mind mm-hmm. if he were to read your book and give uh, Feedback. uh what is it called talk about summarize your book in a mm. paragraph more people would buy your yeah, book sure. you know right mm-hmm. more than you know instead of just uh, you as a student mm. trying to sell your book to you know one on one the way you're doing you work with your book and try to tell people mm. buy 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 my book yeah yeah nowadays i've seen e, you know the mm-hmm. new mm-hmm. years the the ones that sell e- their ebooks where they are options of ebooks and the others that sell books that deliver mm-hmm. in our offices the bookstores that are selling online yeah. should just think Lugia's of partnering really with of them usually
1: mm-hmm. has really been of assistance yeah because the moment i walked in there with my book i was trying to get it in bookshops mm. and it was a little bit difficult but the moment i walked in there mm-hmm. they were Really receptive, yeah. they earned them in their stores. Yeah. And every time when I first launched the House of Hunger, they were actually present mm. and they really assisted, especially mm. now boosting that. Yay, a bookshop has my book!
0: Yeah, oh that, now that I is also so nice.
1: Yeah, I also have them in Savani's bookshop, okay. which is in Odeon.
0: Wow, yeah. I'm proud of you, Kenya. Thank you. So, what have you? What can you say? Generally, you've done mm-hmm. differently. I'm, 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 First, I really like that you say. Do you mm-hmm. want? You wanted to do? Me, you wanted to, to yeah, go in the medical, the medical field. field. You landed in psychology. Yes. So it's something you learned from scratch. Yes. Yes. In terms of uh, your confidence building, mm-hmm. even in getting in, building a career. Yeah. Did yeah. you think there was hope? Any hope there?
1: Um. Of course, people they prefer familiar grounds. Mm. Because now in my family, there's no one who has done psychology. Mm. In my own village, there's no one who has done psychology. So there's always like... In your whole village? Get? Yes. We, we have engage? a whole... <laughs> we
0: have a whole ambassador. <laughs> <laughs>
1: where will you get a job from? Where will you be practicing? Yeah. So when I came out, I was so curious. Now I'm finishing school, what will I do? You know, and then I know there's no one who can connect me to any job. So I knew I really had to do something. And that is uh, how I also started an organization in my third year. We mm-hmm. called it Sound SoundMento. Mm-hmm. And I realized that a lot of young people, in as much as they want to get a place to practice, at times it might be difficult because you have the bias that poor young people are lazy. You just have to push them to do things. At Sensor Mentor, we try to absorb as many young people as possible, mm-hmm. especially in conversations that revolve around empowerment, mm. mental health conversations, mm. where it is peer-to-peer learning. Mm. We have spaces, more f- support groups where we talk about these issues. We partner with other organizations, them that have already established, to bring trainings and offer certificates. Mm. And also we have partnered with Chiromo Hospital Group, mm-hmm. conversations with Esther, mm-hmm. YMCA, and mm-hmm. also Red Cross to at times, generate bad drives in schools and also offer mentorship, uh, also programs in schools. Wow. So I barely knew I need somewhere where before I even get a job, it will keep me occupied. Mm-hmm. And also the organization has also formed a platform for me to now market books mm-hmm. as well, because in all these spaces, yeah. I ensure that I have some table where the yeah. books are.
0: Yeah.
1: And so, it has been a little bit difficult, but right now, I can say that it has been a different journey. Because yeah. when I look at my class, where we were taking psychology, I have friends who are wondering now, what do I do? I've never practiced, I've never canceled, I feel like this is not my They feel career. like it's a waste
0: of a degree. Yes, mm-hmm. yes.
1: But then for me, looking at the choices that I have made, mm. and of course, I want to make sacrifices, yeah. because in those holidays I'm sitting for, a short course mm-hmm. I am training this and that mm. so I would say that the choices that I made mm. are really what I did different and also acknowledge the fact that little things matter because mm. the little I did not that day the little I did that day it has amounted to something yeah. else yeah so just being you mm. whereby you get to realize your skills mm. as highly as possible you just take off I would say that give it time yes but then Start. You can yes, start. Mm. You never feel ready, but when you start, you learn. You learn each and every day. So what I normally keep on affirming myself each and every day is that do what you know is good right now, and when you know better, now do better. Mm. Because now when you keep just there wondering if I did it, maybe it could have worked out, maybe it could have not worked out. You can never know. So you just have to be different by. Realizing your skills and also starting yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you Kenya. Do you have a parting shot for young people? Mm
1: -hmm. Communicate, communicate. Yeah, we won't know something is not working We won't know that you really need assistance unless you speak out So what I really call us out as young people is that just be you Be different, but also you have to be your own cheerleader Mm. because what people will see out here is what is working but there's a lot of what is not working out there and now the background thing that's where you choose to be different when you feel like you're giving up you choose to push on. Push.
0: keep on wow. pushing
1: so that it can work
0: I love that you've done something about all the biases that you've had she uh-huh. created an organization guys sound mental uh-huh. where she absorbs young people uh-huh talk about empowerment peer to peer what i like what you said peer to peer learning they empower mm-hmm. each other they've partnered with organizations where they're getting empowerment and mm. and you know that exposure yeah. you're learning how things are done mm. how things work and you're bridging that gap because at yes. the end of the day when you finish school and what you've learned in class this mm-hmm. is how things work out yeah, here sure. right so I'm really, really proud of you. It's an okay. honor to have known you. And I, I don't know how much you sell the books for and where people can get them.
1: Mm-hmm. So the books, The House of Anger, goes at 600 Kenya shillings. This one is 600 bob? Yes. Mm-hmm. Thrive also right now, it mm-hmm. goes at 600 mm-hmm. shillings. Mm-hmm. But we are launching Thrive December 2nd at Alleyons. Alliance mm-hmm. is actually located at University Way, which mm-hmm. is just across from mm-hmm. the University of Nairobi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.